You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, too. I think you did what I did earlier. Yeah. When I was asked that I'm question. I'm just exhaling from the week. I'm yeah, doing okay. just hesitated a little bit. I yeah, think it has to do with everything that's kind of happening in our world right yeah. now, right? And yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to juggle that. Yeah. However. However. As always. God has blessed us in this in regard in this regard, right? There's something that I say all the time <laughs> before every last one of these podcasts, yeah. and it has been true. And it, it again is true. We have great guests. We have wonderful guests today. Great guests. Again. Who do we have today? We have Adam and Katie Reed of the live marriage show that they that which is their ministry called Stop Hammock Time. I'm dying it. to do that. <laughs> So Adam Reed is the lead pastor at Central Church in mid-Michigan area. He has a heart for people and the local church. Adam and his wife, Katie, have five children. And Katie Reed is a national speaker, author of Made Like Martha, and co-host of the Martha and Mary Show podcast. And she helps creatives live out their God-given purpose. Wow. So... From that, what you just said, said, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Adam and Katie, thank excited. you so much for lending your time to come in and hang out with us for a little while. We appreciate it very greatly. much. Yes. Well, thanks so much for having us. It's a joy to be here. Yeah. Super excited. Thanks it's, for having us. Hey, absolutely. It's, it's our pleasure. Trust me. So yeah. I'm going to jump in the same way I jump in with most of the couples that we interview because we love a great story, mm-hmm. we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So, Adam and Katie, how did that come to be? This is a so for those of you that are listening, right? This is a this is what I would consider a power couple, right? <laughs> Adam is a lead pastor. They both have a show they do together, mm-hmm. which we've had the privilege to be on. It's a great show. Yeah. Katie does some. Other things too with with the pod, another podcast and she helps creatives and she coaches and yeah. this is a serious situation we got going on so how <laughs> yeah. let's go all the way back before all of that how did yeah. we get to the I do <laughs> boy that's a that's a which whose story do you want you want Katie's story do you want my <laughs> story because they uh, they differ uh, just a little bit but. Um, <laughs> No, I uh, I grew up in the Central Michigan area, and so Katie came to college at Central Michigan University. An older woman. Yes, an older woman. <laughs> I was still in high school. She was uh, a freshman, and I'm sure the first time that we met 
it was at church because uh, my dad was a pastor. I grew up a pastor's kid. My dad was a pastor, and some of her friends had been attending the church that uh, my dad was uh, one of the pastors of. And so I'm sure we met there, but the first time we remember meeting was at one of the campus ministries uh, at Central Michigan University. And we really, really were like oil and water when we first met. We really butt heads on a lot of things. Katie was, uh, <laughs> Katie had been uh, um, kind of hurt by some guys and was in kind of this anti guy stage, like, uh, I'm not going to date. I, I'm just going to date Jesus, you know, is that, that type of thing, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I've, I'm a physical touch person and I will hug anybody anywhere. And I love hugs and I love giving hugs and I love making feel people feel special. And that came across as very flirty. And, um, and so we, we did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. And so, um, <laughs> so we disliked each other greatly. I'm going to try to, I guess I'll try to hurry the story up. But um, anyways, my, uh, my brother liked her, her roommate and so he would hang out there all the time. And I was just like, man, what do you, what do you go over there for? They just sit around in the, in the dark and listen to worship music and talk, like come do stuff <laughs> with us. Like this is college, like nothing crazy, but like, Hey, let's just, let's go hang out. Let's go to the, go to the, the, you know, malt shop and whatever it is and, and just do something other than sit around and talk. And so, but he loved it. And I was working at the golf course at the time on the grounds crew. And so I was out in the sun all day and they had air conditioning and I didn't. And so I decided, ah. man, what a great place to go hang out and fall asleep on their floor in the air conditioning. Um, yep. that cool. all led to <laughs> conversations, you know, and, uh, we kind of started talking, became very good friends and I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Good job, babe. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So yeah, didn't, didn't like we were in the same circle of friends or kind of, we had some friends that overlapped, but just kind of annoyed each other and then became friends, like Adam said, and, um, there wasn't that interest there. So we would just, we were just real with each other. And then all of a sudden I remember his brother asked me one day, he's like, Katie, if you had to marry someone, who would it be? And I thought about it. I said, well, you know, I guess I'd have to say Adam because he knows me better than anybody else. And then all of a sudden it was like, God took the blinders off. And I'm like, oh, he's cute too. And then, um, so after that, I was pretty much like, all right, well, this is a good, it was a good thing. And then Adam had had a hard relationship. And so he wanted to be absolutely a hundred percent, 101% sure. 101%. Yeah. I had gotten out of a bad relationship and I was just kind of done with the whole dating thing. And I just was mm -hmm. like, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore until right. you know, it's, it's the, the one that you've got for me. So, so I had a little bit of a stalking stage. Yep. yep not my proudest moments, <laughs> you know? And, um, but one day he was riding on the lawnmower where he worked at the golf course and he felt like God just had like neon lights saying, yes, 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 yes. In regards to me. So yes. he asked me out the day after I graduated college and we were engaged, I think five months, five months, but we were, by that point, we knew like yeah. this is headed in that direction. Sorry. That was kind of long, but there you go. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was yeah. good. It was perfect. That actually reminds me, their story reminds mm. me a little bit of our story. Like, it does. Similar. Similar. Like me coming 
to Michigan to school and me not really interested in me just really being focused mm-hmm. on, you know, being college, me being the older yep. as well. And, and God taking the blinders off of her, you know, <laughs> same, same thing, same thing. Happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Same thing. Well, happened. I'm just curious. What, <laughs> what was the time period that you guys were in Michigan? Well, are you we, from Michigan? We're right? from Michigan. Yeah. We're yeah. From Michigan. Yep. Okay. yep. So we've been here. I mean, when I was little, we lived a couple other places, but yeah. So we've been in Michigan two years of our marriage. We lived in Arizona, but besides then we've okay. been here. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, and central Michigan university, that's Kalamazoo, right? Uh, uh, Mount would Pleasant. Be the, uh, that no. would be the, the bad guy. Okay. Yeah, that's Western. That's Western Michigan. That's Western <laughs> Michigan. You're right. Yes, our rivals. I was trying to put like location together because we went to school in a very small town, Berrien Springs. Oh, yeah. So yeah. in Southwest Michigan. Uh-huh. So we went to a very, that's where we met. Now, we're not from there, but that we just ended up at that school. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, so I was just trying to put the, yeah, we sp- we spent yeah the demographics together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we spent a few years of our life at at Bear Lake Bible Camp down in near Three Rivers, Michigan. So Three Rivers okay. is, yep. is down near mm-hmm. Berrien Springs, or yeah. closer yep, to Berrien Springs than we are now. So. Right. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So, so let's fast forward then. So now you are you're married, starting your lives together. Did you always envision? what is happening right now in your lives or was there a process that took you from, from there to here? Yeah, it was a bit of a process for me. Um, growing up a pastor's kid, everybody always asks, you know, from the earliest I can remember, everybody always asks, Hey, are you going to follow your dad's footsteps into ministry? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, my answer was always absolutely not. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, I, I, uh, not because there was anything wrong with ministry, not because I had mm-hmm. seen things. You know, you hear a lot of stories uh, of people being turned off to the church or turned off towards ministry because of things that they had seen or experienced or uh, whatever mm-hmm. it is. That wasn't the case for me. It was just I had other I had other things that I wanted to do, and namely play soccer. You know, I had mm-hmm. I, I wanted to I wanted to play soccer, and so. Uh, no, I always said no. Uh, and then in college, I felt like God called me to youth ministry. And my dad, I went to my dad and I said, hey, dad, I feel like this is something that that God is calling me to. And uh, his advice to me is some of the some of the best advice I've ever gotten. He said, he said, son, if God will let you do anything else, do it. <laughs> wow. And then he said, but if he won't, you dive in with both feet and give it everything you've got. Wow. And so, wow, so that right was now. that. And, and that was just his, his way of saying, man, ministry is hard. Yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. not only tough on the one, the, the primary person doing the ministry, but it's tough on the family. Yeah. And, and again, my dad did a fantastic job. Yes. He was gone sometimes. And yes, he kind of had to go minister to people at the drop of a hat, but he was always at, our stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's our soccer games, whether it's uh, dramas, whatever, whatever it was, he was, it, I always remember him being there and I loved that. And so I, I've tried to, we've tried to do that in, in ministry. And again, we're not, uh, not perfect at it, but anyways, felt, felt called to, to youth ministry in college. 
And so I did the things that I felt like I needed to do. So the, I felt like a, a youth pastor needed to know how to play with kids. And so I went and got a recreation major and outdoor education minor because I love being outdoors and hiking and camping and things like that. And then. Well, you thought we, that youth ministry meant in being a church. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so, so we did, we, we, we went and, uh, and we're applying uh, thought that one youth ministry job was going to happen it was a uh, it was pretty much a done deal, except they were working on a financial package for me, and then it all fell through at the last minute. Mm. And Katie was just done teaching. We had a house and a four month old daughter, mm. and all of a sudden we have nothing, mm. you know, no jobs. And uh, so that was a real hard time. We went down to visit a friend down at Bear Lake Bible Camp, and uh, and he said, "Well, hey, have you ever considered camping ministry?" And we were like, well, no, absolutely not, you know, but it was a way of God um, training us in a lot of areas. So we went and spent two years in a discipleship program there, ministering to to students primarily through an outdoor education program, an adventure program. And then we moved out to Arizona for two years, moved back to Michigan, and we've been uh, at Bear Lake Bible Camp again for another four and a half years ish, and in a uh, guest services role there, and then we've been back here in Michigan, uh, in Central Michigan ever since. But so I think it, it was. It's kind of it was. We kind of have an interesting road uh, into our where we're at currently mm-hmm. through youth ministry in a church, youth ministry in the camp setting for a lot of years Mm -hmm. and then back youth ministry six years um, before moving into the lead position here, uh, lead pastor position a year and four months now it's been just over a year, but you have, you have some interesting, you always kind of, I wanted to marry youth pastor. I'm weird. I remember I told someone that and they're like, why you want a life of poverty. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought, I just thought, hey, this, you know, sounds great. And I feel like God had prepared me to be wired for ministry. I was a special education teacher before we had kids. And then that kind of morphed, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years. And then that morphed into writing and speaking. And um, anyway, it's been a journey for sure. Not boring. That's awesome. Very cool. We always, we, we, we always continue in, in whenever, whenever the next step of our, you know, whether it's um, from uh, teaching to camping to church ministry, whatever it is, it seems like we've kind of adopted this 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 saying where we just say, well, the journey continues, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whatever the twists and turns or unexpected uh, things that God seems to have sometimes for us, it's it's we try to take that in stride and just uh, try to be real flexible with whatever is, is thrown in front of us and just kind of say, Hey, this is part of the journey. Let's keep, let's keep going. That's awesome. That is cool. That's very cool. It very, you know, and, and to those that are listening, right. There are some folks who definitely know, like you, you have those rare people that you run into that they were like, man, from the age of three, I just knew that I was going to be such (laughs) and such, (laughs) but for a lot of us, we don't fit into that category and we kind of go through those processes. Right. And there's yeah. things that 
And it's and it's all providential when you look back. Right. There's things there's a path that we're led through mm-hmm. that, you know, puts us in the place where we need to be at the right time. when We need to be there. So for those of you who are listening, don't don't be dismayed if you feel like you are wandering, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this yeah. may be you may be right in the position and right on the part of the path that you need to be on at this specific and you, moment in your time. And everything that you experience along the way, you, you pick up all of these learning tools mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for where you actually end up being. True. Because God uses everything, right. basically. Very true. I right. love None it. of it's wasted. Nothing you know, I wasted. think about if Adam, if Adam would have gotten that youth pastor job when we thought he should have, mm-hmm. we did not have that yeah. much experience. You know, we mm-hmm. had to go right. through the wilderness mm-hmm. and some fire yeah. to get to that place and humility and all of that. And training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think about what we would have been or, or what we would have brought to the table mm-hmm. ministry-wise uh, had we not been through all of the experiences that we went through in camping ministry and all of that training, um, it, it would have been it would have been much different than what what we as a couple bring to the table now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, how did it trend? Well, I don't know if it's a transition if you still do youth ministry, but how did it move to you ministering to couples or with couples? How did that come about? I think that was something. We've kind of always done. Okay. Sometimes it's just in our living room yeah. with friends, you know, just talking about, hey, matchmaking. Yeah, trying to matchmake. <laughs> she's the she's my the track record isn't great, but I I like to try. <laughs> um, yeah, but just having deep conversations. Neither one of us are very good at small talk, so we just mm-hmm. like to dive deep, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it it's looked different over the years. I think sometimes it's been around the dinner table, just having friends over. Other times it's been more of a mentor role, you know, maybe the younger couple. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done some premarital counseling with couples mm-hmm. before they're going to get married. And actually it was kind of on a whim. It was when they used to have Periscope. I don't even know if that mm-hmm. exists anymore, but <laughs> we started one day, we had our hammock sitting out back and we're like, what if we did a... No, you said, I hey... F- we should do a marriage a marriage video and just uh, just to encourage married married couples. And I think you uh, I like, you came up with a name. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure. But anyway, so <laughs> stop hammocks time. But I think that was like almost five years ago. Yeah, and we didn't necessarily do it weekly back mm-hmm. then, but it's been one of the best things for our marriage because mm-hmm. Wednesday nights, middle of the week. I don't know about you guys, but we get a little grouchy by the middle of the week. We're (laughs) we're busy. We feel like we're missing, you know, we haven't had good conversations Mm -hmm. maybe because we're just getting all the things done. And so sometimes we've even been a little annoyed with each other before we hop on the show. But I tell Mm -hmm. you, by the end of the show. Sometimes we've been crying before we get on the show. (laughs) But once we get on there and we talk with our guests and we remember that we actually really like each other, (laughs) it's, it helps us. So somewhat selfishly, you know, our tagline is help couples get closer and grow deeper, but that's been true for us as well. And it's just been that consistent, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour on Wednesday nights where it's almost like a little date night Mm -hmm. for us. And we, and we don't always, the, the, sometimes we don't have a plan. Like we've gotten way better now to, uh, or Katie has gotten way better. She, she does the, 
the the legwork and scheduling guests and and things like that. But there there were a lot of times, especially a couple winters ago when we were doing it in front of the fire called fireside chats, mm-hmm. and uh, because it was too cold to be outside for her in in the uh, in the hammock in the winter in Michigan, and um, and so we would just sit in front of the camera and just be like, hey. <laughs> uh, we don't really have a plan, but yeah. we're going to get on here and we're going to talk. Do you guys have any, do anybody watching have any questions or, yeah. or, uh, anything that you want to talk about or, uh, and if not, it's just going to be kind of a short video, just kind of, Hey, hope you guys are getting close and talking and communicating and, and loving each other and keep at it. You know, sometimes yeah, that was, that was it. it. It's like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We we do yeah. the same thing. Sometimes we're like, uh, we got to go live on Thursday. What are we going to talk about? Yeah, because that's that's right. kind of the format yeah. for our Thursday night um, show. It's really just a conversation and, and it's it's very un, it's unscripted yeah. in, in terms of yeah. what the subject matter might be. We may get on Thursday and and it's at eight o'clock. And so. At seven forty-five, something may happen with us, and we're like, "Ah, yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, we're right. Gonna talk, yeah. We're going to discuss we're this. We're going to talk <laughs> this through live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Discuss because this. if because if we're if we're having this if we're having this this discussion amongst ourselves, yeah. chances are real good other yeah. couples are having a similar conversation, absolutely. and, uh, yep. and Very man, that could really really help people. So, yeah. Very true. Let me ask you this: I ask, I ask pretty much everybody who works with couples this in, in your observation, um, as you've worked with couples going, going all the way back to when you said it was just kind of organic with people in your living room and that kind of thing up, up to now, what do you see in your observation as an underlying theme? So if you strip away all of the layers of whatever the issues may be that are out front you strip away all those layers. What do you see typically at the core of most of the issues that you see your couples facing? Selfishness. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> Selfishness and maybe a lack of empathy or you know putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Okay. I would agree with that because I think a lot of the issues come from not understanding maybe how the other person is wired or maybe not wanting to wanting them to be like you, but not taking the time to really get to know them. Because mm. so many couples, I think, especially in our first couple of years of marriage, I, it's like, I don't really want to be married to someone just like me, right? Mm. We're, we're opposite. And that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to change him. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the truth. And so that did not go well. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever tried that. It doesn't really go well, yeah, but that's really it's selfish, you know? And so I think sometimes we don't want to call it what it is, but I would say, you know, whether that's sex, communication, money, I think a lot of the times it's a me focused Mm -hmm. mentality Mm -hmm. that leads to the issues. I was going to, I was going to say, you know, I I said selfishness right off the bat, but there, there's a lot that goes into that. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that, that I've been noticing in my own life and, and then as I look more um, outward I'm seeing some of the same issues and we're seeing these things in couples is that, you know, it's way easier for me to transfer blame to someone else. Mm -hmm. It's way easier for me to focus on 
the offense that that sh- that Katie is bringing towards me and and choosing to be offended. We use we use that 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 term choosing to be offended because really mm. offense is a choice. I can yes. either choose to be offended or I can choose to forgive. Right. And 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 it's much much easier for me to uh, to choose to be offended and focus on what she has done wrong or what what some somebody else has done wrong to me and play the victim than it is for me to look at myself and go, okay, did I play, did I play a role in this? Do I have responsibility? And, and again, this goes all the way back to the garden. Adam mm. did this, that, that very thing. Sure did. He said he, he transferred all of the blame. He said, he said to God, he said, he said it was the woman. And then and he, not, did, not only did, yeah, not, not only did he blame Eve, but he also blamed God then. Yeah. He right. blamed everybody else yeah. in this situation, literally everyone mm. else on the planet at that point, <laughs> except for himself, you know? Right. And and so he transferred, it was much easier to blame everybody else than it was to to take responsibility. And so as as, as we talk to, when, when we do uh, uh, initiation into manhood stuff for young men, and we just did this for my 13-year-old one of the things that we try to focus on and, and try to encourage is take responsibility. And, mm-hmm. and that would, that would apply to couples as well. Take responsibility. You, you, you may have played a small role in it or, or whatever, but take responsibility for the role that you play and then forgive because it's uh, it's, it's way easier to hold on to a grudge than it is to forgive, but there's so much more freedom in forgiving. And, and when I don't forgive, that's selfishness. I'm just being selfish at that point. And so yeah, selfishness was, I, I know I, I blurted that out real quick, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but there was, there's, there's, there's a lot to that. And yeah. I think that is one of the underlying things that I see the root as, as the root of most of the issues that mm-hmm. we have as, as couples. Yeah. And I mean, that's perfect too, because I was going to ask you to unpack that a little bit and mm-hmm. you did it perfectly. Yeah. And, and I'm going to ask you for some specific trade secrets later on, but you just dropped some both of you just some gold just now as it relates to being empathetic Mm -hmm. and and um not falling into the the trap if you will of trying to change your mate yeah you know for those of you who are listening that is that is gold that is something that you definitely need to be be intentional about not doing Mm -hmm. right and then and then adam you said something man that really stood out to me as it relates to choosing Right. You can either choose to be offended or mm-hmm. you can choose to forgive. That's powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Because often we feel like, oh, I, you know, my reaction is warranted and it and it is a natural. It's the natural progression of what's happening in my life right now. But it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. You can choose to do something different. Mm-hmm. I think that that is powerful. That's and powerful. And for those of you that are listening, you have the ability to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay in a particular conflict, you don't have to, you know, you can choose that. That's good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say that, that even goes to um, Christ likeness as the more, the more we become like Jesus, because what did Jesus do? If anybody had the right to be offended, if anybody mm. had the right, wow. the the yeah. justified right to be mm. offended, it was Jesus. Yep. Yeah. And yep. what was his, what was his heart? His heart was, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Yeah. In the midst, we mm. we just got done watching the Passion of the mm-hmm. Christ, and mm-hmm. and I've not seen. We neither of us. We saw it in the movie theater, and we bought it. 
and we've not watched it since because it's not just right. like one of those movies you just pop in and go hey we, hey we want to watch right. a movie yeah let's watch the yeah. passion you know right, right. but uh but we popped that in and and man i was just watching it again and and in the midst of him being brutally tortured mm. his heart was father forgive them mm. they don't know what they're doing and most of the time when we hurt each other as couples we don't know what we're doing yeah. Like we're, we're being selfish. We're mm-hmm. not thinking about the other person. And so, man, and I want my heart to be in the midst of mm-hmm. the opportunity that I have to be offended because I feel like I'm justifiable right. in that father, I want to, I want to forgive. And so, yeah. so when, when we break it down to, to where does that come from? That's not a, I mean, that's a Jesus thing right there. Mm-hmm. That's that, that comes straight from, from him. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. that's good. I love yeah. it. I love it. And and for me, that's, that's a huge takeaway for me personally, you know, not just, you know, we're putting it out there for the folk that are listening, but believe us when we say we get just as much out of these interviews as Mm-hmm. <laughs> as the folks listening do. So thank you for that. That is that is definitely a wonderful reminder and something that we need to keep top of mind as we work through the various issues that mm-hmm. we have with our spouses because they will come up, right? Absolutely. You're going to have these times where you're offended. You're going to have these times where you feel justified in you know what your reaction is or what your feelings are mm-hmm. at the time. And that's a, just a, a great reminder. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah. That is good. So selfishness, empathy, right? Um, I'm going to I'm stick a pin there for a second. I want to go back a little bit. So, Adam, you're a pastor. Yeah. And Katie, obviously, that makes you a pastor's wife. You guys are in ministry together. You have kids. You have a family, right? Can you give a specific trade secret to families ministry families, so pastors and their wives, as it relates to how you can, just a practical tip about how you can manage the, I don't want to say the word load, but just to to have a, a word that's just out what, there. What it all entails. Yeah, to, how to manage mm-hmm. all of that. Ministry, family life, parenting. Balance. How do you balance that for those that are that are in ministry? Like you, like right. Yourselves. Well, I think for me, when I hear the word balance, I think about my one and only gymnastics meet where <laughs> I fell off the balance beam five times, Aww. fell off the balance beam five times because I, I wasn't that good for one. <laughs> I lacked some skill, but I was trying so hard to be flawless. That I just toppled under the pressure. Mm-hmm. So I love to think of instead of balance, the word steward, I want to mm. be a faithful steward okay. of what God has. Like and so that. right now, this interview is in front of us. So we want to be faithful stewards of this interview. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to watch a show with our almost 16-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. be a faithful steward in that. So stewarding the moments versus trying to keep all these balls in the air that mm-hmm. I'm afraid are going to fall. But That's I think good. one thing, and we are not perfect at this, but we have a team approach in our marriage and our parenting and our ministry. And that doesn't mean we always do everything together. In fact, we kind of, it's like a game of tag a little bit Mm -hmm. is, you know, Adam's doing 
sermon prep. And so we're trying, you know, especially because now we're all at home right now, you know, Mm -hmm. with this COVID pandemic, you know, we're trying to be quiet and give him the space he needs. Sometimes I'm working on book edits. And so he's with the kids doing that. And I mean, there's times that can't always be that way, but we try to have one of us that is more available to the kids than the other one that is tied up doing other things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're going to have a babysitter, you know, if needed. But for the most part, we have kind of set that boundary. And it's not that we wouldn't go and minister together somewhere, but for the most part, wouldn't you say that we try to, one of us is available for the kids so that they don't feel resentful. Because that was really important to us. We didn't want our kids to feel like, my parents aren't available to me or that mm-hmm. church is more important than I am like that. Mm-hmm. We wanted to communicate, you know, you guys come first, but there mm-hmm. have been times where I remember a conversation with my daughter when I started writing more where Adam and I sat her down because she remembered mom before she started writing where some of our younger kids, they don't know any different, you yeah. know, and we had to sit down and say, Hey Brooke, we love you. We know that you don't love it when mom's writing a lot, but that's something God called her to as well. Mm-hmm. She is your mom first and foremost, mm-hmm. but she's also a writer and that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I think, I mean, it still didn't make it completely easy for her, mm-hmm. but just kind of defining the relationship there mm-hmm. right. <laughs> with what it was going to look like helped. But also, also, <clears throat> our, we feel like our kids play a role in min- our ministry as well. We feel like we are called as a family to this as a family to, to these different things. And so, so they play a role in, in all of us as a family being able to minister the way that we feel like God has called us to minister. And, and that's, that's some of that is writing with Katie, writing and speaking and, and coaching, um, you know, pastoring all of the things that, that go along with, with pastoring from, from me. But um, I, I think the, the family approach um, really, and and some of the best advice, two 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 pieces of advice that I got in ministry early on, <clears throat> and the first was God first, mm-hmm. your family second, and then your ministry third, mm-hmm. because your family is your number one ministry, and mm-hmm. if that is falling apart, if that stuff is not in order, then other things will fall apart as well, and so. That's kind of been a, a one of the things that we've tried to to hang on to. The other one was for me as a husband, but I I think it would apply to all of us as we try to try to balance ministry as a family. But uh, but the advice was specifically to me as a husband, and and a friend said, be uh, sacrificial mm-hmm. in preference and unwavering in principle. And so that, that looks like, for me, that looks like, how do I lay down my life and my preferences specifically? The things that I, man, if when Katie says, where do you want to go to eat? Uh, my answer, call me crazy, but my answer most of the time is Taco Bell. And, uh, and, and you go, okay, uh, that's, that's my preference. But laying down my preferences for others' preferences, that's a hard one. But man, that goes a long ways. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his uh, himself down, laid his yeah. life down for yeah. her. Yeah. 
laid down his Taco Bell lunch. Laid down his Taco Bell lunch <laughs> yeah, for her, right. you know. And uh, but but how can we how can we as a family be sacrificial in our preferences, trying to prefer one another? And then the second one there is is uncompromising or unwavering in principle. There are certain things that 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 are just non negotiables, mm-hmm. and uh, according to Scripture and and the way that we live our lives and and the way that we treat each other and the way that we love each other and the way we love other people. Uh, there, there are some of those things that are, that, that are uncompromising. Now, my preferences, you know, those things can shift and change and, and I can set those things aside, but there are certain principles, biblical principles that, that we just, we, we are, we're not moving on. And so those, those kind of things, uh, were, were, were huge for, for us, I think, as we've been ministering and trying to juggle a family as well. So I love, I love it. That's great. I love it. The, um, using the word steward, Mm -hmm. steward instead Mm -hmm. of, instead of balance. That is fantastic. Steward the moment instead of trying to keep all of the balls in the air. Right. So if you, if you hear me, Katie say that, in one of our shows, mm-hmm. I will give you credit. I promise. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give credit where credit is due, but I'd love that word. Yeah. Stewarding the moment. Yeah. Stewarding the moment instead of trying to juggle everything. And, you know, and that, you know what? I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I'm guilty of that. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think 40 steps ahead, mm-hmm. you know, and as a result of trying to think 40 steps ahead for for five different people, mm-hmm. I'm, I miss some things that are happening right then and there. Mm. Um, and so that is, for those of you who are listening, that is something that is, is fantastic. And, and being sacrificial in preference, mm-hmm. but unwavering in principle. principle. Deep. We just need a moment of silence for that one. That's just, <laughs> you know, that is, <laughs> that's gold. That's gold. I love it. Um, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, that, that was a game changer for me. Yeah, yeah and that's going to be a blessing to some folk, yes. including ourselves, definitely. Yes. Very good. So thank you for allowing God to to use you and speak through you in that way mm-hmm. um, for that moment. That that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So all right, we'll come we'll come back to where we stuck the pin, right? So, um, which was where we were talking about um, what were we talking about when we stuck the pin? Selfishness and empathy. Selfishness I think empathy, right, right. Yes. So. Yep. Give us, and obviously there's many ways to do this, but give us a way, like if there was something that we could start to do right after we listen to this recording to become more empathetic, what would you say? What would you suggest? Well, we heard something the other day on our show. We had Carol and Jean Kent on, and they were saying what they try to do is, let's say the husband is expressing how he feels about a certain situation. And then for him to say, that's how I feel. How do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. You know, versus just kind of coming in lambasting of like, this is what we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, whichever spouse it is. But I think asking that question, asking for that input, Mm -hmm. I know Adam's been frustrated numerous times in our marriage (laughs) when he's been telling me something for years. I'm kind of a slow learner sometimes. (laughs) He's been telling me something that would help me and for many years. And then a friend of mine will tell me the same thing and I'll come to him. I'll say, Hey, guess what Jamie told me? And he'll be like, "Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm." (laughs) 
you know, and he, that's he's, great, honey. He's like, awesome. <laughs> he's like, I've been trying to tell you that, but I think to, to let each other be able to express their different perspective mm. and to not just be annoyed with that, but to see the wisdom in it. Mm. I'm a person I can so relate to having 40 things, 40 things down the road. That's me. Mm. Whereas Adam's my Mr. Steady. And so Mm. what I can glean from him is to slow down a little bit, see things from maybe a more logical perspective instead of an emotional perspective, Mm -hmm. which is how I'm charged. Mm -hmm. And to to realize that's a strength. That can make our marriage stronger if we lean into the differences and what each of us bring to the table Mm, versus just wishing that person was like us. So I think that makes us more empathetic when I can see the value in making a slower decision Mm -hmm. versus just insisting he speed up because that's my preference. That's good. I I like that. that. Yep. Anything you want to add to that, Adam? Man, I think, I think you nailed it, Katie. I think, uh, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we go right from here into being more empathetic? And I think uh, the thing I would add to that is just um, praying for empathy because uh, for some of us, it just, it just doesn't come naturally. It's a, it's a struggle to be empathetic towards other people. And, uh, and so uh, the scripture says, uh, you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's waiting to give us wisdom and insights and knowledge and, and things like that. Uh, a softer heart. Mm-hmm. He, he desires to take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, uh, something that is tender towards other people. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I would, I would just add, you know, prayer. And it, it starts there. And especially if it doesn't come naturally for you, uh, yeah. pray for it. And uh, he's going to be faithful in moving you in a more Christ-like direction. Christ felt mm. what other people were feeling. I mean, how many times does he look at the crowds and it says he had compassion, compassion yeah. and, uh, and, he, and, he, and he wept mm. over the crowds. And, and, and so I think there was, uh, there's empathy there that, that comes from Christ-likeness. And so moving in that direction again, man. The more we can be like Christ, the more we're going to be thinking about other people and laying down our life for other people and and being empathetic towards other people. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I could talk to you guys forever. I was just thinking that. I could. I was just thinking that. We feel the same way about you you guys. It's it's fantastic. This is so great. But I'm going to be I'm I'm, I'm going to be intentional about time trying to stick (laughs) to my, you know, be a man of my word. Right. Um, but before we turn a corner, I just want to say that that is that is the perfect way to wrap up that portion of the conversation that we were having, that the just the perfect combination between prayer and practicality. Mm. That's just beautiful. Those of you who are listening, like we say in, in most of these interviews, you're going to have to go back and listen to this. Right. It may not be something that you digest in just one listen. You have to go back, write some notes, take some things down, and really begin to put some of these things that you've heard into practice. Thank you guys for that. So um, I just have a quick question. Absolutely. So would you say, regarding what you um, mentioned about being more empathetic, would you say that that also speaks to 
a person's selfishness? Could they also use these practices? For example, Katie, you said to lean into the differences of what the other person brings to the table. I would say that kind of speaks to selfishness as well. But would you say that? Yeah. Or would you add mm. to that something else that speaks yeah. to selfishness? Well, I think what I have observed, and again, we have our issues, but sometimes it's easier to see an issue elsewhere than it is to look at yourself. I mean, you guys could probably pin our issues quick, right? Quicker than we could. But I've seen some couples where it's, it appears to me at least, you know, I don't, I can't judge the heart, but that there's selfishness. And I'll look at that person's spouse and think, man, you're kind of clipping their wings, you know, mm-hmm. the spouse's wings because their selfishness or they want it. One spouse is maybe more strong-willed, whether that's, you know, the wife or the husband mm-hmm. and they kind of want things their way, mm-hmm. you know, and I can just look at that spouse and you can see it on them mm-hmm. that they're kind of cowering in their personality or they're kind of suppressing part of what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that really divides our strength instead of doubles it and improves it. And so I think that goes back to selfishness. And again, I think back to, and part of it's just experience and time, Mm -hmm. right? That God teaches you. Because I think when we were first married, I was not very respectful to Mm -hmm. Adam. You know, I'm I'm more of a like, get it done. Just, you know, I remember he was looking for a job at one point. And in my mind, you just go get a job. I mean, like, that's my personality. It's like, you just fill out the form, you go do it. Where for him, it was more paralyzing. Mm-hmm. It was, it felt more like he was stuck. And mm-hmm. in my head, I could there, there was no empathy there because I couldn't understand because I was not wired that, that way. way. And yeah. the more I've grown to appreciate him, I mean, I think about a couple months ago, I apologized to him because I was like, I was not very helpful to you because I couldn't, I, I didn't understand what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very empathetic. And so I think um, it all ties into that. And also Adam talks about this a lot, believing the best about your spouse. Mm-hmm. So let's say your spouse is, I mean, we're all home right now, right? But let's say one of the members of the marriage cleans more than the other or something. And they come home and they're frustrated the house isn't clean. Well, it's like believing the best would be, okay, maybe the spouse had a hard day. Maybe they're tired of doing it all and they'd like you to help out, you know? And so when we believe the best, that can eliminate a lot of false assumptions. And that comes back to just that empathy and then being selfless. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, what is the, what is, what is empathy? Empathy is what? Thinking about other people, considering yeah. other people and their viewpoints. And what is selfishness? Selfishness is, it's all about me. Thinking about yourself. I am, I'm the one that matters. I am, my, my viewpoint is right. And so really they are, uh, you know, probably not exact opposites, but, but there's, so, there's definitely some rubbing and conflict and headbutting between empathy and selfishness. And mm-hmm. so again, I think, May, you know, the, it could be, it's just, it's just that easy. It comes down to a choice. Am I going to, to choose to focus on me? Yeah. Uh, or I'm going to choose to focus on and consider other people. Mm. I agree with that. And I, I, I hope for those that you are, that those of you that are listening, I hope that you will choose the positive yeah. end of that. Choose Absolutely. to be empathetic, choose to forgive, choose to, um, 
Believe the best. Believe the best. About the other person. Yeah. I love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm. All right. So we're going to turn a corner. We're going to have a little fun with you. <laughs> we like to get to know all of our guests. So we're just going to play this really quick game with you. And um, uh, wifey, we'll tell you about it. Okay. So we call it the 60 second think fast. And I'm going to ask you ten, 10 questions. So we'll split it up. You both get five questions each, but we'll go back and forth. And they're really simple questions. For example, I'm going to give you a choice of, in each, in each question, I'm going to give you a choice of two answers to pick from. For example, what's your favorite color, red or blue? And you have to pick one of them and then we'll move on to the next question. The kicker is you have to do it within 60 seconds. And Oliver is going to set the timer to kind of put us under a bit of pressure. They're right. really simple questions. They're not difficult at all. Yeah, and nothing no you gotta math think about. questions, right? Yeah, no math, no, no algebra. algebra. Yeah, no. Yeah, 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 nothing yeah. got to think about. <laughs> I wouldn't even so, know how so to write when, that equation. <laughs> yeah. So when you uh, when you said think fast, I'm I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be fasting from thinking, so we're not going to have to think at all. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, you should. You, 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 that should work. I think that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> That's funny. That'll work. So, are you guys ready? Yeah, We're yeah. ready. All right. So, at, uh, Katie, I'll start with you. All right. Here we and go. then we'll go to Adam and just go back and forth. Okay. Katie, see the movie or read the book? See the movie. Adam, summer or winter? Winter. Katie, morning person or night owl? Oh, morning. Adam, small town or big city? Small town. Katie, car or truck? Car. Adam, gym or outdoor exercise? Outdoor. Katie, tropical island or ski resort? Tropical island. Adam, action movie or comedy? Action movie. Katie, baseball or football? Football. And last one, try a new dish or play it safe? Play it safe. <laughs> Very cool. Good. With 10 seconds left. Good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Play it safe. I think I'm a play it safe kind of guy myself. <laughs> I have tried some things, I've... but I, I regretted it. So <laughs> Yes, especially if you're especially if you're paying for it. Like for me, it's like, man, if I can find something at a restaurant that I like yeah. and I'm gonna pay for it, like what if I what if I pay for it and I and try something new and I don't like don't it? Then like I've it. just thrown that money. Yeah. Right. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm gonna go the with the same way. go with the tried and true. Yeah, play it safe. I feel the same way. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you. your time, your wisdom. Mm. Um, and uh, before we let you go, though, we want to know how to get in contact with you. How can we connect with you? Social media, virtual things that you're having. When does the show come on? Any books we need to be putting in our library? Let us know how we can connect with you. Any upcoming events, all of that, anything. Sure. Well, our show is Stop Hammock Time. Mm-hmm. And you said it so nicely, Denise. <laughs> um, but it's 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I, if you go to Facebook, Katie M. Reed, and Reed is R-E-I-D, you can find a lot of past episodes and then we have new guests as well and i hope they'll look for the denali episode because that was so fun having you guys on there um and then also i've written the book made like martha good news for the woman who gets things done and it has a bible study with it too 
and the Martha and Mary Show podcast. My friend and I talk about lots of different issues from the lens of someone who's more task-oriented, me, and someone who's more relationally oriented, which is her, like Martha and Mary from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You know? I love it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing would be the uh, right now online online services. church. Yeah. Yep. Church online. Yes. Central, Central church, church and Facebook on Facebook. And, um, this Sunday, well, I don't know when this will air, but we have Easter coming up. And so I'm going to be doing worship and Adam's going to be preaching from the living room once again. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll, for those of you who didn't write that down, we'll make sure that we put that information, um, in the notes so that you can connect with these guys, make sure that you're, uh, you pick up that book, you listen to the podcast, and you are looking at uh, the show on Wednesdays, which is a great show. They have great guests as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. Every week That's there's great show. guests. I, I don't, I have to be honest, I don't always catch the entire show every week, but I always try to catch at least one nugget to be like, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> um, so definitely make sure that you are um, catching that or even looking at the replay um, because you can go back and look at um, previous episodes as well. Good stuff. And good definitely stuff. Definitely check out the Martha, Martha and Mary, Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary show. The Martha and Mary. Yes. And I love the concept of that. It's awesome. I love it. I love yeah. the concept of that. Well, guys, listen, we won't keep you any longer. We thank you so much. We pray God's blessing on your ministry, yeah. on your family. We pray that you guys are safe during mm-hmm. this, you know, unprecedented time that we're living in right now. And that even though we're in this crazy time, that um, you will still experience God's peace mm-hmm. and God's favor um, over your lives, over your children, mm-hmm. and that you guys will begin, not begin, but continue to be in sync and uh, be a blessing to those that you come in contact with. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for having us. And your show is great. And we appreciate all you guys do, too, to invest in marriages. Thank you so Thanks. much. Much appreciated. And, and we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. We I think so. We're going to have to do that. That would be fun. We'll set that up. We will set that up. Just thinking the same thing. We got we to gotta do this more often. Yeah. Oh, yes. Great. Yes, That's indeed. Awesome. We'll, we'll connect more often. I appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.